Hi friends, no cute little, um, no cute little soundbite this week. Um, this is a little wrap-up episode. We debrief on how things went. We get a little bit mushy about how the podcast was really kind of nice for our relationship. And we give some advice for folks who are not sure if they want to start a podcast or not, uh, including some ideas about really lo-fi tech stuff. If all of that is kind of not your bag, you can skip to, uh, skip ahead about 25 minutes from when the, um, audio officially sort of starts to hear introduction to season two. Thanks so much for your time this season. And I'm super excited about what we have in store for you in the next couple of weeks. Welcome to CanCon, your Canadian content space for having cannibal conversations or conversations about cannibal films. I'm Jocelyn. I'm Zachary. And this week's episode is going to be just a brief little wrap-up from Season 1 and an introduction to Season 2. Uh, go ahead. If you want to think about podcasts like sitcom episodes, this would be like one of those episodes where everybody was on break, so they put like a clip show together. (laughs) <laughs> Except instead of clips, we're just going to, uh, like, recap verbally. Yeah, basically that. It's also late, because my mental health was in the trash can for a while, but it's back now, so that's exciting. <laughs> uh, we just want to reflect a little bit on our first season, how it went, how we felt about the episodes, the films, uh, and putting together the podcast, so... Zachary, I'm going to throw the question to you first, mostly because the podcast and most of the films in our first season were um, my idea, so it's kind of, I don't think we have to say, I was really excited to start it and really, you know, motivated and dedicated and so on, Um, and then you got kind of roped in as my partner. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm not writing a piece on Bones and all, but... I'm uh, very much on board for these types of discussions. Yeah, I think um, I want to talk a little bit about what it was like doing the podcast. So if you're someone listening who's enjoyed what we're doing and you're like, hmm, I think we could start a podcast. That sounds simple and easy enough, what it's like. Um, And then some suggestions for what it can be like doing that with your partner. So um Zachary, how did you find, how did you feel about, like, the recording process? Did it take, uh, was it really taxing on you? Did you find it difficult to, like, you didn't do a lot of the kind of tech side stuff, but you were kind of roped into, I'd say, like, three or four hours a week commitment between watching the film and then having a discussion about it. So how did you feel about that? Yeah, it's, um, like, actually recording isn't that difficult. Like, you, there's kind of a... Once you get a rhythm going, you talk about the film, things kind of occur to you as you talk, plus you come to the table with uh, some stuff already in mind, but it is, uh, it's like preparing yourself for the sitting down and recording and knowing that it's going to be like, you know, the better chunk of two hours, like an hour and a half of time. Uh, so I could see that being taxing for people, like when you, especially when you factor in the the film viewing times and 
I don't think there was any film this season that I wasn't interested in watching, but there's some that you're more interested in than others. So uh, that's kind of the fun part about curation. It's like a syllabus. Like there's some stuff where you're like, ooh, that's on there. I know what that is. I've been meaning to read that. And then there's other stuff where you're like, oh, man. But then like you might end up, that might be your favorite thing and you end up writing your essay on it at the end of the year. <laughs> I think Jennifer's Body was a bit like that for you where you kind of came in like not a super huge fan of Diablo Cody. You hadn't seen it. You didn't know yeah, what to expect. Yeah, I, I didn't like Juno, but uh, because of the reputation of Jennifer's Body, that and I knew it would be like, whether I loved it or hated it, it would be like a thing. Um, like it would be like a very singular, weird kind of film. I, I was, I was okay. I was actually pretty enthusiastic of the films I hadn't seen before, uh, going into that one. I guess probably if any of them, just cause I had seen Silence of the Lambs a couple of times before and I've never been a fan of it historically. Revisiting that was, even though I brought it to the table, um, was kind of like, all right, I'll watch this again. But um, but like any film that you watch, especially films that you watch uh, in your adolescence, regardless of what you think about them, how they've aged, what they meant to you, whatever, it's I've, it's always uh, sounds pedantic, but it's always rewarding to revisit them with fresh eyes. Like a film, especially I think maybe rereading a book because you're like very much personally engaged intensely with reading a book, but with a film, like it's, you know, it's a, appealing to all of your senses at once, except touch, I suppose, but and smell. But audio visual, <laughs> uh, you you see and hear things differently when you're thirty seven instead of sixteen. Yeah, and I think there's also something about um, something I try to impress on upon my students. Sometimes more and less successfully, just because of the way we teach writing, is kind of having an open form podcast where our goal is to have a conversation uh, with each other, which is if you are thinking about starting a podcast, I would say make sure you pick someone who you know you can have a good conversation with, which for us was a no brainer, made it really easy. Um, like the just broaching the topic it was more like, do we have the time commitment and the will to sit down and do it more than um, will conversation flow flow easily between us? But um, there's a little more freedom than in other kinds of writing projects, which is to say that it's there's this invitation to watch a film and see what you see rather than trying to watch a film and sort of force a frame around it. So, and I think we were both really open to um to maybe looking putting putting a frame on cannibalism in each film in particular so looking at that element but really open to to um rather than watching it to make an argument about it that has to be sort of sustained and coherent and it's one argument and every piece fits together nicely and seamlessly um just to unpack in a way that's a little messier but i think also leads to uh, a richer understanding of the text yeah, there's this kind of um, like fast and loose approach to just sort of like we're just going to start talking and see what we want to focus on, if anything, or if it's going to be more of like a kind of ramble of an episode, which is like its own kind of interesting and fun to do and hopefully fun to listen to. 
Yeah, one of the things that um, if you are considering starting a podcast of your own and you're not sure about it, um, some of the things to keep in mind are like episode length. So um, I think shorter episodes of podcasts, like 20 to 30 minutes, I think would probably be um, lend themselves to a greater listenership. But I went in sort of anticipating that you and I would sit down and have about an hour, hour's worth of conversation for each film that turned out to be about right. Some are a little bit longer, a little bit shorter. Um, I knew because I was doing research on, on um, some of the things I want to write about in Bones and All, or now I am writing about in Bones and All, that we we might have to split that one in half. But um, We kind of made that decision, or you made that decision I, in, in real, real time. time. <laughs> we were just like, uh, we got to eat, and we've been doing this for an hour and a half, and this is bonkers. So. And we hadn't, I was like, oh, we haven't talked about smell yet, and that's going to be... See, movies but... do appeal to your olfactory <laughs> sense. Uh, yeah, Even if there's not actually smell a vision is not a real thing, but it will be one day. They can make you think about smelling, yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you're thinking about it, I would say kind of trying to imagine what an episode length would be that's useful to you. One of the things that I read was kind of consistency, so trying to have a publication schedule and a consistency of if your one episode is 15 minutes and the next one's an hour and a half and the one after that is 45 minutes, it's probably hard to... Um, uh, it's hard. Your listeners might not know when is an appropriate time to listen to an episode, things like that. Um, yeah, you don't want to, um, I guess it's kind of like the old cliche about publisher parish, like in, with a pod- <laughs> but with a podcast, it's like, if I, there's like even a podcast I like, and I'm 99% sure it hasn't new episodes haven't been produced in like at least a year or two, but if, if I looked into it and found out they had been and they're just hosted somewhere else, I wouldn't be shocked. So it's kind of like if you want to, um, yeah, I feel like it's an easy audience because there's so much out there to listen to in terms of podcasts and just like online content in general that uh, if, if suddenly you appear to be inactive, you're likely to have people drift away, especially as you're starting out. Yeah, and I think one thing that's really cool about the internet and the accessibility of, um, like, making a podcast is a there's not zero bar to entry to kind of producing a text on your own that way, but it's a very low um, barrier to entry type of publication. And one of the things that's really cool about that is that you can find um, a niche audience for the stuff that you're making. If you're passionate about it, there will be other people who are passionate about it and um, it might take a little bit of time for your listenership to find you, but there's definitely people out there who have some interest in the same topic for sure. Yeah, and unlike satellite and terrestrial radio, your odds are you're not broadcasting live, so there's less of a concern to worry about things like awkward pauses and whatnot that can be either edited out or, better yet, left in. <laughs> um, you're not going to have an audio producer like, dead air, dead air. Oh my goodness, this is coming from, uh, I love you so much, Zachary does not edit the podcast, so Zachary has no idea how many of the long pauses get left in, or how they get edited out, um, but that's a nice segue, go ahead. I was just gonna add, also we should establish that Jocelyn listens to tons of podcasts, I listen to like two, and it is not like a medium I'm familiar, or especially like inspired by, so that was another kind of potential hurdle that ended up being a non-hurdle going into this. 
Yeah, once we did kind of one, you were like, I sort of get it. It, it was, was fun. Yeah, it was, I thought you were going to say fine, and you said fun, that's good. Fun. Um, we uh, use really simple tech to record, so um, I know our sound is not super professional, obviously, So, um, but I think it is listenable. It, is, it meets a minimum standard, and when I say low barrier to entry, I mean that that's pretty easy to obtain. So we are recording on a MacBook Air. What year is this, Zach? I got it in 2018, I think. But I think it maybe predates that a little bit. Um, it's it's not a brand new computer by any means, and we use GarageBand, and it's really easy. And GarageBand is super easy to learn how to use. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, and it's the tech side of things that are making you nervous, I really highly recommend um, GarageBand. It's easy to learn. Um, play around with it for a bit. I think that most people, like if you can learn how to make a spreadsheet in Excel, you can learn how to edit a podcast in GarageBand. This is more fun, too, than, <laughs> than making an Excel sheet. It is way more fun. And uh, we are going to be adding, we're going to try to, like, uh, like uh, add copious levels of reverb to season two. <laughs> so let us know if the, the attempt at enhancing our audio quality through... Uh, chicanery and smoke and mirrors uh if it's off-putting or not <laughs> that's a joke we will not be doing that um we could do that but yeah but we probably idea. won't be um let's reflect a little bit what was your favorite episode from season one um there's an awkward pause i it's funny because i said that my least favorite film to watch or revisit was probably silence of the lambs probably i'd have to think about that and they were all fun to watch but i'm just thinking of which one was like the least fun uh but i think that episode even though it was the first one came together really well i don't know if that would be my favorite i think that was a good one i think jennifer's body was really good because i think we both kind of had similar but also some different observations and and I think we both felt pretty confident in our takes on it nothing really felt like we were sort of trepidatiously putting it out there suggesting it like we had a kind of a more definitive view of certain things in that one yeah I think that that is the one that was the most um just like easily fun to record too like we laughed a lot while we were recording it and um, I mean, the film is kind of, it's silly in places and invites that. And that was really like a different tone from the other episodes. And I think that's what makes it kind of special. Yeah. And it was what our fourth one. So that it was like, we kind of hit our stride with that in terms of comfort and not fretting too much about, uh, worrying about the, like the ambiance and stuff. Although I think the dog was still in the background at that point, but She's, yeah, been formally disinvited for a few episodes now, but I think Jenner, it was um, editing Jennifer's body. I think that I was like, Mm-mm, no more. Sorry, dog. Yeah. So that's, it sounds like we both are more or less agreeing that Jennifer's body was the highlight of the, the big, the first, the preliminary season. No, don't put words in my mouth. I was, oh. I, I asked you a question thinking that we'd each pick an episode and be easy. Oh, pick an episode. Um, but I, as you were talking about Jennifer's body, I'm like, oh, that one was special for that reason. And 
this one was so, so I can't I, as soon as I tried to pick a favorite I was like I think there's something special about each of them um I really enjoyed recording the episode for Titus um because I, as an educator I engage in this kind of conversation or little kind of smaller versions of it with my students often and I'm always picking a text that I am familiar with and I also know is going to be teachable and I come into those conversations always armed with like open to students bringing in new ideas or things I haven't thought of of course obviously but with a really um kind of scaffolded plan on how to approach it and it was really nice to uh, be on the other side of, of that conversation that way for, for the first time in a while for me. That was really good. Yeah, I mean, I I love that film, and it was, like, fun suggesting it and adding it to our, uh, our, our show bill for the first season. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, that was a fun one to record for me, too. It brought back a lot of knowledge I didn't know I'd retained about just uh, studying Shakespeare and English Lit back in the day um, and just being able to still apply it to the film, which has a very kind of more forward-thinking and less canonical approach to Shakespeare. Yeah. You did a really nice job picking that one and leading that conversation. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you. Um, One of the things... (laughs) I'll take it. One of the things that I think for both of us, we... Uh, we discussed this earlier. I'm not just trying to put words in Zachary's mouth, but Zachary, correct me or add add on it as you like. Um, uh, one of the things that for us is really nice is that it was a really nice kind of bonding experience. So um, I don't think that all folks who are partnered or in families um, with each other would necessarily, like I think there are some folks for whom it would be very stressful or it might um, um, different, different, different family shapes, right, would respond to, to the idea in different ways, but for us, it was really, um, comfortable and fun and interesting and brought us closer, gave us kind of a, working on a project together, I think, was, um, relationship building, and continues to be, or will continue to be, I hope. Yeah, and I think even when the, like, the commitment itself and, like, the, you know, the prep or just, you know, allotting X amount of time to it feels like work. The actual recording of it never feels like work. It's fun. Um, and part of that, I think, is actually if people are thinking about doing something like this, having, like, the film and the viewing of the film as, like, a prompt really helped. I think if we were doing something in a way where we were just, um, like, let's meet once a week and talk about cannibalism and, you know, having having uh the viewing experience of watching the film together and then responding to the film but like to that particular viewing which we did in tandem and shared uh both made it more fun and pleasurable to create but also like i think really help the conversation the discussion be more fluid and less uh less stilted yeah i think so too Let's talk about season two. So we're going to take a little break. We're going to take, I think, about a week, week and a half. Eating week. Eating week. (laughs) Um, And then we're going to move from a once a week schedule to an every other week schedule for publication. Um, We've, as we've talked about, found this really 
a, a great kind of project. Um, my teaching load changes every term. So right now I'm teaching only two classes and some semesters I teach up to four so far in my, my career as, as an educator. Um, and so, and every other uh, week publication schedule will just help make that more manageable for me, help keep it enjoyable. Let's talk about just really briefly, there are six films slated for our second season. These are all films that are thinking about um, cannibalism, where the eating of people, the consumption is like facilitated by a third party. So if someone else is, um, is preparing a dish with human flesh in it, I, it's really weird and hard to think about um, how to like discuss that and name that. We can um, name it restaurant, like just as an abstract concept. I have named it Thanks Chef. Well, I, yeah, I don't mean the, the series, but I mean, like, that concept, like, to be, like, oh. in this film, the restaurant is, like, an actual restaurant, or in this oh. film, it's the United States government, and this film, the restaurant is, like, a posse of mountain men who have a weird, uh, like, meat cellar. That's amazing. We're naming that concept restaurant. We'll talk about that in the first episode um, to make that nice and clear. Uh, let's talk about the six episodes. So for this season, I have actually only seen one. That's not true. I've seen two of the films on the list. Zach, have you, have you, there's a couple that you have not seen as well, yeah, right? There's several. Yeah. Let me see. So there's a couple where we're both coming in fresh. Um, <laughs> there's, yeah, there's only two I've seen because Soylent Green. Oop, I just spoiled the first one. <laughs> Soylent Green, I'm I have probably seen five or ten minutes of on television when I was a kid, and you used to be able to just catch really cool, weird, interesting movies randomly on TV. But I don't. I've never sat down and watched the whole thing, so I have seen two. Seen two. All right, let's go over them really briefly. Okay, so we're going to do this rapid fire. They are uh, going to be. Uh, in chronological order, there's two that we'll have to, I'll talk a tiny bit more about that. Um, I'm going to list the name and the year, and we're each going to say whether we've seen it or not, and what we know about it, like a single sentence, have you seen it, what are you excited about? Uh, the first film we're going to watch for season two is, is 1973, the 1973 film Swaylent Green. Yes, which I have only seen a little bit of, and mostly I just know that it's about eating people and that Charlton Heston is in it, and I think at some point in the film he says, get your filthy hands off me, you damn dirty chef. Oh my goodness. Uh, I have seen it as well, and uh, Soylent Green made me care about the environment when I was a little baby teenager, and I still care about the environment, and um, this film is the root of that. Uh, 1974, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. In a pantheon of great horror films, probably my favorite, one of my favorite movies ever. I can't wait to revisit it and talk about it. I'll pass that over to Jocelyn. Yeah, I have not seen the 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I saw the, when was the newer one? 2003, maybe? Yeah, and my sum total of knowledge about it is that it's loosely based on true happenings and... Uh, a guy I dated in high school was so obsessed with the uh, the remake that he gave our family computer all kinds of viruses when he was trying to download um, like screen scrapers and things. 
uh, Microwave Massacre, 1983. So this is the other one I've seen. Uh, it's uh, a super campy, wacky, probably quite dated horror film that uh, I remember not taking itself very seriously and would not be surprised to figure out it is aged into like a full-on deliberate comedy. Yeah, I have not seen Microwave Massacre, and all that it makes me think about is um, the microwave cooking show in Gremlins 2. Uh, 1991. So we have two films from 1991. I'm not sure which came out first. So before we sit down to record them, I will make sure that they are in uh, true chronological order if they are not yet. Uh, I've got them listed alphabetically currently, starting with Delicatessen. Yeah, this is one I always saw at the video store as a kid and wanted to see and heard was really good and is, I think, about people eating each other in Denmark, maybe? The Netherlands, something like that? Uh, so not, this is the one, are one of... Um, yes, have not seen it. There's a few that, that neither of us have seen. Uh, I hope I hope there's cannibalism in this film. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there is. So look forward to that. We are going to talk about it, even if there isn't, because it had the reputation of having cannibalism in it. It's, like, remembered for that. And the title is so evocative of... It's eating. so evocative. Uh, it sounds like there should be cannibalism in it. Like if it was actually about a delicatessen, like unless it was like a super wholesome like family comedy, like the delicatessen, then you, it sounds sinister. It does sound sinister. Uh, the second film from 1991, Fried Green Tomatoes. Uh, yeah, I've seen, again, probably like 10 minutes of it on television at some point. I know a little bit about it, but mostly just the Simpsons joke where Apu's fiance says that her favorite food book and film are all fried green tomatoes. We should, um, we should eat fried green tomatoes for dinner the day that we're recording. And Zach is shaking his I'm not head going violently. To ever eat fried green tomatoes? Uh, I might, and I might eat them on this week. Uh, I have seen it. It's been a long time since I saw it. Um, researching? No, I didn't research it. I, I. Did a quick Google um, to make sure I was remembering correctly that there's cannibalism um, uh, in the film. And uh, some of the stuff I found was talking about problematic depictions of race, which I was at first going to say I didn't remember. But I think that's not the right way to to put it. I saw it when I was about 14. And as a 14-year-old white teenager in a small town, I didn't really have uh, a toolkit for... Uh, reading race critically at all. And so um, that is something that we are going to do when we get there. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, It is from that, like, Driving Miss Daisy era where it was kind of like Hollywood really was just like, yeah, we've got it all figured out, so we're just going to, you know, represent everything and very clumsily. But we're going to imagine that we're just, that our representations are good or some some weird, And that we need... Uh, people other than white men to write these scripts and direct these films. Yeah. So we, um, I'm, I'm excited to revisit it and to see it with fresh eyes and to bring a more robust toolkit to it. Um, so yeah, we will be not pretending that the problematic stuff isn't there, but trying to talk about it in a responsible way. Cool. Yeah. Uh, from 1992, the film, the witches. Oh yeah. I forgot that's on there. Um, you put it on there. Yeah, I know. I think I was talking to my buddy Joe, and I was just like, what are some movies where people eat people? And he was like, The Witches. And I was like, oh, yeah, the 
the old one before they remade it, the one with Angelica Houston that I remember seeing ads for as a kid. But yeah, the Roald Dahl book, I'm pretty sure it's about witches eating children. All right. This is one that I also have not seen. Um, I thought we were more confident that there's cannibalism in it. It's uh, about, I'm, I'm almost positive it's about witches eating children. Amazing. And Our... I, I think, I hope I'm crediting the right person. I think my friend Joe, who is the director of a film called My Dinner with Chuck, which is not about eating people, but does involve some restaurant there horror. There is cannibalism in that film. Yeah, there is cannibalism. There is cannibalism in that, in that film. film. We'll have to well, anyway. <laughs> so we should. Um, Joe, I hope you're listening. Yeah, Joe, I hope you're listening. We're gonna tap you on the shoulder to be a special guest for the witches because I think that sounds really fun. Um, you can refuse if you'd like. Always, that's a okay. And then uh, we will find a way. Maybe we'll do a season on short films or something, or just do a very special episode because. Uh, our friend Joe's film is really good, and it's won a couple of film festival awards, and more people should know about it and see it. We could maybe even uh, turn the volume off on the film, but do running commentary for the film in re- real time for the first half. Oh, yeah. And then discuss it after, because I think it's about 15 minutes. Yeah, it's it's quite short, but uh, I think that's actually a really good idea. We could do uh, well, Mystery Science Theater. I was thinking that, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and our last film for season two, Think Chef, is uh, the 2022 film, The Menu. I know nothing about it. Yeah, me too. It is recent. Uh, it looks interesting. Um, I'm thinking, just kind of looking at our list and the kind of years of, of publication of the films we've been looking at, is that we should um, maybe do a season where we fill in some of the time gaps. So maybe looking for early... Uh, more early 70s and more films from like the year 2000 to 2010, 2011. Even also to go further back, because we don't really have any like pre 60s films yeah. at all since, because like, like, Sons of the Lambs was the most recent. If we want to do that, yeah. Yeah, I think some, I think... some black and white films in there. <laughs> Any case, you can hear this is about uh, as much rigor that we as we put into um, uh, planning. If you were thinking about a podcast and you're like, mm, I don't know if I had the spoons to put things together and no pun intended. Uh, ha ha ha, <laughs> pun intended. Uh, no, there was no pun intended. I wish. Um, and you're just not sure if you if you um, have the organizational skills. We treat it really chill. Our first season was six films we wanted to watch. Our second season we loosely picked a theme that may or may not be true about all of the films and if it's not that's fine we're still going to talk about them um and we sort of just brainstorm as we go because it's fun it would be funny if delicatessen and the menu end up being like the films where there's no cannibalism oh my goodness that would be we'll have to put some kind of warning warning no cannibalism yeah in, in these films well they also would be like yeah like the failed experiments like yeah you. i was i was just thinking like the anti-content warning yeah, like you're essentially listening to a different podcast this week, If you, should you choose to go any further. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us for season one. We really enjoyed it. We found, um, we looked at a couple of trackers. We had 200 downloads for our episodes, which as, <laughs> as an academic and a scholar who publishes articles and book chapters and things like that, I'm not used to getting that many people reading my work in a period of six weeks. That feels really affirming. Uh, how's that for you, Zach? 
I think it sounds groovy. Yeah. <laughs> I've published a little bit and I've made memes and stuff and uh usually you're happy if you get any feedback at all. Yeah. So if you're like, hmm, should I make a podcast? Will anyone care? We're here to tell you some people probably will care. And on that note, we will see you in uh thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, your lovely, precious time, and we will see you in about a week and a half. Bye.